Hey guys, this is D. Williams with This Comics Life. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about if my mom thought I was going to be black or not, how unrealistic the Jungle Book movie is, and I'm bringing back the domesticating humans bit, all on episode 5 of This Comics Life. Let's check it out! Hello and welcome everybody to This Comics Life. This is your host, D. Williams, and I am here once again on episode 5 to show you another great open mic set from yours truly. It is uh, another, uh, I guess, couple of new bits as well as one reoccurring bit. If you guys uh, have been tuning into all the previous episodes, you will hear uh, another bit that I have done before, but you will hear it a little bit more perfected and a little bit more... Uh, beefed up i guess and hopefully it has a little bit more jokes in it uh we'll soon find out but of course there will be a couple of new bits that you have not heard yet and they go all right but we will get into that much more later but i will tell you why am i playing tom penny oh because i just recently watched the longest documentary on tom petty ever on netflix <laughs> it's the huge uh documentary uh bio pick kind of of uh, uh Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers it is really good if you want to check it out and uh, which reminds me since I have watched it uh, I probably shouldn't have played that clip at the beginning because he is a very litigious man and I probably should not play any songs that I have not fully got um, gotten the copyrights or uh, <laughs> licensing <laughs> yep uh, I learned uh, qu quickly in that uh, documentary that uh, he likes to sue people and he likes to sue record companies that don't pay him uh, his uh, publishing rights, <laughs> which is interesting because it is one of those uh, things that uh, why wouldn't uh, a songwriter get uh, a little bit of a cut of uh, the songs that he actually, in fact, wrote? It seems odd that a, a what a record company did something stupid. That doesn't sound like record companies to me, <laughs> but they did. Yeah, and it, it, definitely check it out, guys. There is a lot of great uh, Tom Petty music, too, if you are into that. Uh, he does sound a little bit uh, kind of like Bob Dylan, but not, but way better than Bob Dylan. <laughs> like, if Bob Dylan could sing, he would sound like Tom Petty. I think so. But uh, Bob Dylan doesn't sing, so he sounds like Bob Dylan. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm glad you guys are, are tuning in, and I probably should get to a few emails or uh, comments that people have been telling me off the air, and I'm glad that you guys have been uh, responding to me. If you guys uh, follow me on Twitter, it's the D Stories. That's T H E D Stories. Or if you go on Facebook or tw uh, Instagram, it is This Comics Life. But also, 
people have been writing on the email, which there is still a thing called email, and it's called thiscomicslifepod at gmail.com. And people have been writing saying, hey, what's the deal with uh, making fun of hot chicks? And you don't know anything about blah, 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 chicks and chicks. And you don't know anything. And that's not what we want to hear from comedians is making fun of hot chicks is not cool. And I hear you loud and clear by the whole uh, two emails that I received. (laughs) But I will address it, and I'm sorry, but this is a comedy show, and I was trying to think of some sort of funny premise to, uh, you know, cut the tension and just make fun of everything. Uh, I'm, you know, make fun of myself, clearly. Uh, But I thought you could make fun of chicks, but apparently you (laughs) can't. Unless you maybe you are a chick. I think that's what's really the thing is, is that people don't like you when you make fun of other things that aren't you. If you are a white male, such as myself, you can make fun of white males all you want. <laughs> but as soon as you make fun of a female or any type of uh, other minority that's not white, then you got a problem. And it is one of those things where I guess uh, maybe I should just uh, take it as a, a, a word of advice of, I guess, any response is good. <laughs> but I should also maybe think to myself, should I uh, make fun of uh, hot chicks? And when it comes down to it, I, I'm i still going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if a few women write me and say, hey, don't make fun of us. And that sounds more like Mama from Mama's family writing me in. But if it was a hot chick, maybe she'd be like, hey, don't say mean things about hot chicks. We're hot. It's so tough being hot. We can't have an ugly comedian making fun of us. It'll just make our self-esteem go that much lower. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to have to have sex with a hot male just to get over the fact that these ugly people are making fun of us. Oh my god. (laughs) And then she clutches her pearls and falls over. (laughs) Yep, that's what I imagine. Anyway... Uh, I'm glad that people are writing in because it does mean that they are listening and it means that I'm sit, I'm hitting a nerve because I think that's the biggest apathetic thing about the internet mostly is that most people just see the internet as like this thing that just keeps constantly giving you information and things or whatever. And I think people get numb to it. So most of the time it's not even getting a like or a share or any type of like, you know, response. It's just getting, Oh, I saw that. And now I have put it in the memory banks. And maybe if somebody brings it up in passing two years from now, I can go, Oh yeah, I saw that once. But am I ever going to bring that, be that person that brings it up and at a party or whatever? No, probably not because it's not that cool. It's just something that I saw and it amused me for that one second. And I'm going to just now go on with my day. And I think that's what 89% of the internet is, is that you just see it and it's not good or bad. It's just you see it and you move on. <laughs> but then there are those few things that are so horrible that you go, oh, man, I need to show everybody how horrible this thing is or how great this thing is. And then you get the pizza rat and the Chewbacca mom 
kind of mixed into those those two things. And I don't know what those two things are exactly. I don't know if like the Chewbacca mom is somebody that we're trying to emulate and go, wow, I wish I was that intrigued with something that was so stupid, like a little kid's toy, that I could get so much joy out of it. And I wish I was that one person because I'm so cynical and I don't like my life. And I want to just eat myself inside and I want to just go on with one more day and maybe I'll call it a life. But then you see this and you think to yourself, Oh my God, this is it. This is what I needed to pick myself up and to show me that there are true good things in this world that are worth living for. And they're Chewbacca masks. (laughs) But then you, I don't know. I think it's more people going, let's make fun of this fat lady that is finding herself way too fascinating and let's just all silently sip our um, Merlots and scoff our, scoff our scarfs. I don't know. No, no. You abscond your scarf and then you sip your Merlot and go, ha, 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 we are so much better than the Chewbacca mom. We are educated and we would not laugh when we would put a mask like that on ourselves we would just give it to our child or better yet have our maid give it to our child because we would never interact with our child to begin with (laughs) i don't know but that but for whatever reason i think it is one of those like it just i've seen online now and i've heard a few podcasts and they talk about this idea where as soon as you get like a 14 or 10,000 views about anything, suddenly marketing teams hit you up and run with it. Those are the true tastemakers. As soon as they see any video that hits a certain amount of numbers, suddenly they go, oh, we need to now grab this and show it to all the local news networks because hopefully somebody will pick it up on the news and then run with it and it'll just spread and we will now be the next pizza rat or the next Chewbacca mom or whatever. And I guess it's cool because, you know, maybe if you're one of those people that make those videos, you can think to yourself, well, hopefully a marketing team hits me up one day and and pays me 10 grand to hopefully, uh, you know, spread the, the world of your next uh, stupid video. (laughs) But I don't know. Like, Are we watching him because we're wanting to be these people or we're making fun of these people? That's what I really want to know is, I mean, it's not pizza rat. Nobody's wanting to, man, I wish I was a rat that had a giant pizza. (laughs) But it would be cool if we did have a life-size pizza. Let's go to that now. And then you see me with a giant life-size pizza standing next to me and I think to myself this is awesome (laughs) all right but this isn't a sketch show this is a comedy show about stand-up comedy and my open mics and I think we should go into uh this open mic uh this was again at I believe the library over here in uh Long Beach down here in on uh downtown Long Beach California, but yeah, it is a, another decent open mic. I wouldn't say it was a bomb, but I wouldn't say it was uh, the greatest thing since uh, sliced uh, Chewbacca masks <laughs> or sliced pizza. Oh man, it was a callback. Anyway, 
But uh, yeah, this was good, and I will say, uh, again, this is the weirdest uh, club I've ever been in because it has a bathroom literally like two steps away from the microphone itself, and I unknowingly didn't know what time I was going on, so of course I made a nervous uh, trip to the urinal to relieve myself, and right as I was relieving myself, I hear my name going off, and so I quickly finish up, wash my hands of course, and directly walk onto the stage so that's what i'm uh, directing myself and i'm also uh trying to press record and i try to uh turn it into a stupid tweet joke so anyway let's hear this now and let's we'll pick it up uh after the show all right let's hear it sorry guys i just had to tweet there real quick <laughs> uh wouldn't it be weird if i wasn't doing an open mic at all and i was just using the bathroom and it just came out, oh, it's me. Uh, I guess I'll do an open mic. Yes, my name is Darrell Williams, and I'm probably, uh, you're probably all wondering, uh, this dude ain't black, what the hell is that about? One of you guys are probably not even thinking dude, you're probably thinking something else. Uh, but it is true, uh, I don't know why my mom uh, named me, uh, Daryl to begin with, it is kind of weird. Uh, my dream or my fantasy for my mom is to think that she had me during her wild years and she didn't know if I was going to be a black guy or a white guy. And she decided, well, I'll just name him something that could go both ways. And then she just had me and went, yep, that's it, Daryl Williams, right there, bang. I don't care if he's white, black, uh, maybe, I, I'm sure she thought Asian would probably be not good. Sorry, guys. Went a little too far. Uh, what else is in the news? Uh, have you guys seen any good movies lately? Have you guys seen Jungle Book? Yes. Yeah? Did you guys like it? It was good. Yeah, it was kind of good. It was okay. I think it was really unrealistic, to be honest. I mean, I could buy the, the talking animals and the King, size, the King Kong-sized version of King Louie. I can buy all that. But the thing I can't buy, and that's unrealistic as hell, is Mowgli's loincloth. Mowgli's loincloth never falls off the entire movie. I don't know what the hell is wrong with this movie, but they don't have any realism with loincloths. I mean... Any of you have kids out there? If you don't, just do it anyway. Get a toddler, dress him up in a wine cloth, push him down the stairs, and see if he doesn't have that wine cloth fall off. I guarantee you it will. Now, in this entire movie, he goes through a yak stampede, all through, like, falls off a waterfall, uh, almost gets killed by a tiger, and not once does this wine cloth fall off. And I understand, you guys are probably thinking, like, why the hell does this guy want to see a little Indian boy's uncircumcised penis? And I don't. I don't want to see it at all. But I want to see realism here, folks. <laughs> and if you even saw it fall off at the beginning of the movie, it'd be a little shocking, and people would be like, oh, that's a little weird. But I guarantee you, at the end of the movie, you wouldn't even know about it anymore. You wouldn't be thinking, wow, why does this guy never put on his loincloth again? It doesn't matter. And don't get me started with superhero movies. No matter what happens in those movies, their uniforms never fall off either. It's so, it's so unrealistic. 
Thank you for uh, enduring that little bit of a slice of heaven. All right, guys, let's get into the first bit of this open mic goodness. It starts with me being mistaken as a black man. And I will say that this happens to me way more often than not. And I don't know why. It's probably because I have a black guy's name. But other than that, I still don't understand why people uh, mistake me for being black, especially when I get phone calls from telemarketers. Telemarketers definitely always feel that I'm going to be black right off the start. <laughs> and when they uh, find out that I'm not black, I think a little piece of them dies inside. And then they just fall into a fetal position. And then their boss comes up to him and goes, why did you stop working? Why are you not rolling calls? And he says, I was, but I just got my whole world turned upside down because I thought this guy was going to be black, but he actually wasn't. He was a white guy. And his name was Daryl Williams. And then his boss goes, oh, okay, well, let's go to TGI Fridays instead. <laughs> 
All right, but yeah, it is true, though, that I, I have been mistaken for a black guy a lot of times over the phone or in passing, or people think that, you know, they just see the name, and they make an automatic, you know, profile judgment. And it's not wrong. It's not anything uh, that they're doing on purpose, but it is one of those things where they're always a little confused when they see my face and they hear Daryl Williams. <laughs> if you actually go on Google and you look up Daryl Williams, just... Tell me what the first 10 people you see are. Just just out of the blue, it's just, I already know, but you can write me and tell me what people you see, and I guarantee you, it's not me. <laughs> I am definitely not popular enough to be the first thing on Google when you type in my actual name. <laughs> nope, it's about maybe 10 burly black men, and they're all good looking. That's the thing. I think Daryl Williams sounds like a good-looking black man. See, not like an ugly white guy, which is me. <laughs> I am definitely needing to change my name or tell my mom, what the hell were you thinking? I think it was the 80s. I think in the 80s, it was like kind of just maybe known as just a white guy's name. But who knows? I will say, getting back to the stand-up, uh, it... I do have this fantasy that my mom had her wild years before I was born. And right before I was born, she, you know, had a crossroads to herself where she was thinking like, oh man, I've been, you know, dancing the light fantastic uh, with a few of these guys. And who knows, maybe it'll be a black guy that I'm having, or maybe I'll have a white guy. Who knows? Maybe even a Mex. No, no, no. I can't be Mexican or Asian. <laughs> Let's be serious here. <laughs> no, no, but I'm, I'm just joking. My mom's really not that. She's completely, if you knew her personally, she's completely not like that at all. And she's probably upset that I'm even talking about her and her wild years. <laughs> but, uh, it doesn't really go off that well. I, I still think I have to have uh, a few more kinks worked out of this uh, premise of trying to figure out what's the best way of trying to get into this at all. Because I think there's some funny there. It just doesn't get across so well. And especially, I think I get nervous, too, when I see like there's a lot of you know diversity in the crowd. I mean, black guys sitting in the front. <laughs> it does mean that that is like a, a little bit of like my anxiety i'm like oh should i even say this are they gonna like run up on stage and beat my ass and I, obviously they don't <laughs> but it is one of those things where you're like man i wish this was funnier because i think um i should stop saying this until it is funnier <laughs> anyway but it, it does uh, roll into obviously another premise that I, I've been kind of toying with and I think I'm only going to be able to toy with for so much because after this movie is kind of dead and gone nobody's going to be worrying about this so I think this is this bit uh, the Jungle Book bit is only going to be relevant when the Jungle Book is in the theaters so I think it's one of those like like I like how it's it's pop culture, it's topical, you know, you, you're trying to talk about these things that are just happening in people's lexicon, but, you know, I, with these 
time-sensitive premises, you can only talk about it for so long. I mean, I can't, like, bring this bit on 20 years from now and go, hey, remember that movie when they rebooted that other cartoon called The Jungle Book? And there was this kid, and he never had his loincloth fall off. And wasn't that weird? And they're going to be like, who the, what the hell? That movie was 20 years ago. You can't keep talking about that joke. And believe me, if I'm still telling a joke 20 years later, or 20 years from now that I've just created now, God help me, because I do not want to be that guy. I don't want to be like telling this joke for 20 years. I don't want to be telling any joke for 20 years. I think that's my biggest problem, is that I don't like telling people things over and over and over and over and over. And that's what comedy is. That's what this whole thing is. It's just saying it a million times and trying to hone in. Oh, got to take that and out, got to take that uh out, and got to take everything out that's not funny. <laughs> And just leave in the funny. But how do you get to that? Oh, you say 20 million words before that, and then you whittle all those words down into this funny gym. But uh, it is interesting that so many times I get into this uh, dilemma where I'm in a room and I know everybody in that room has heard all of my jokes already because they're all open mic comics as well. It's a lot of these rooms are just other open mic comics and they're just trying to wait for their time and which is cool. And, but that's, I think the hardest thing is how do you tell this person that has already heard it five times and didn't laugh before? How do you tell them on the sixth time and have them laugh suddenly when they already know the premise, they already know the punchlines, they already know where it is going, and they weren't laughing to begin with. And now you have to think, well, let's say it again, and then it'll be funny magically. Oh, wait, it wasn't on the sixth time as well. <laughs> oh, man, I think that's what I really need to get into, is I need to go into other rooms. I, I feel like... These rooms that I've been going into are great for learning material and trying to get material out and to figure out the beats and just how to word it and just how to get it out there in the world. But then once you get it out in the world, like the third bit, the domesticating alien bit, is that's where you need to go into the other realms it's like, I already know this is funny. I've already heard people get into it. I know that I have it down in my head. I know where the beats are. I'm starting to get it in. I'm, I'm weaving in the Marvin the Martian. I'm doing all these things that are great, that are getting good laughs. And I know, like, okay, this is one solid bit that I can, like, start to grow on and to actually start making into a part of my act. And... I just want to get it to other people. That's the thing. It's like now once you have it kind of perfect, not perfected, but at least good enough to get on, you should then hit people that haven't heard it. That's my problem is I need to go to other open mics. I need to like run around to other venues and get out into places that I haven't been in getting audience members that haven't heard it and then seeing their reaction because my problem is, is that, I'm perfecting it, but getting smaller and smaller laughs because it's coming from audience members that have heard it four times already. <laughs> and maybe that's what I'm getting here on podcasts. Maybe people are going, oh, man, this used to be funny like two episodes ago, but not anymore. This episode is lame. Oh, really? It's only episode five. 
uh, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> I hope you don't know if you guys are here uh, saying this uh, in your heads or whatever. I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to me now, you're probably not saying that, which I uh, fully love. But yes, let's get kind of fully into the next the the Mowgli bit uh, before I get into the other bits. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little scattered around, but I will say it is cool to uh, see something that you just thought of your head was funny and you get into it and then it just rolls into this huge snowballing effect of like, oh, now it's like one little like sliver turns into a three minute chunk. And I like that. I like how um, I it's, it's, it's based on a movie, which I love. I always love making fun of movies and I always love making fun of the absurdity of what is unrealistic and what is realistic in these worlds that we build with movies. And <laughs> we can always have these huge fantasies and magic and crazy, like things that are fantastical and would never possibly work in any real realm. But then normal physics and normal uh, things that happen in the real world would never happen in this world, in this fantasy world. It's like, Wherever there's magic, there's no uh, person slipping a nipple. And wherever there's fantasy, there's no one getting, you know, hit in the nuts and having blood fall out of their dick. Nope, that doesn't happen. That, that, that realism doesn't happen in movies. Why? Because we're trying to make a PG movie. <laughs> For PG movies, those types of realism don't exist. Where you're running barefoot and you step on a chigger and then you think to yourself, oh man, that's going to get infected. And now the last, the last uh, 20 minutes of the movie is you getting your amputated foot uh, removed and, <laughs> and everything like that. And now it's like, nope, nope, nope. We're not talking about that story. We're not trying to tell the story about this real kid and what would happen if his loincloth and him fell off a waterfall. No, we're not talking about that story. We're talking about the story of him fighting a talking tiger and rescuing the wilderness. <laughs> but here's what's even more crazy, and I didn't say this in my open mic, but I was, I was going to bring this up too, where it would have even went in with the storyline. Like, the storyline, spoiler alert, guys, if you haven't seen this new version, uh, the the father, or the wolf father always keeps telling him, and Bagheera, all these different animals keep telling Mowgli from, for, throughout the movie to stop doing human tricks. Like, anything that a human would do that an animal couldn't do, like make a, a little cup to drink out of or uh, run a certain way, they always go, oh, those are human tricks. Don't do human tricks. Well, the first time when he put on that fucking loincloth, wouldn't they be like, that's a fucking human trick. You better let that, let your lipstick fly, young one. We don't wear loincloths. We don't even know what the word loincloth means. And scene. <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't see it. That's the thing. It's like human tricks like cups and rope and... Uh, trying to use your brain, that's not in the uh, animal's way of life. But loincloths are, because it's a movie. <laughs> and again, why am I worried about this so much? 
I'm just wanting realism, people. I'm just wanting it to be real. And if it's a naked boy, instead of it being a little loincloth boy, that would be just that much more real. And nobody would care. And w- why would you? If you did care, you would be the sicko. If you really cared and couldn't fo- couldn't watch a movie without seeing a little boy's penis, then you're the freak. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with that. Anyway. Moving on to the uh, last bit, and of course, if you guys have listened to other podcasts before, you have heard this in its uh, virginity, but now this is kind of, it's uh, been fucked around a little bit, you know, maybe tossed around, had a bad relationship or two, but still, you know, feels that they can find love someday. I think that's what this bit is. It's one of those little damaged, but still good, still working, and not damaged too much where it was, you know, never going to have light of day and just be holding itself in like a, you know, silkwood rape shower. (laughs) Nope, it's not going to be like that at all. It's a good bit. I think this bit, especially when I weave in the Marvin the Martian, it's been getting a lot of laughs. It's been getting some good, good feedback. And uh, I like that this is finally a bit that is kind of, it gives me hope. It gives me like, oh, this is what I can do. Like, it's, I do have a few people that think I'm funny. There are people in this world that will laugh (laughs) at my jokes not at me but i will say i wish i had maybe about like uh, eight or eight more of these different bits already because i've been throwing out a lot of shit lately and good and bad and we'll obviously uh, get that teased up for next episode because that is what you're going to be hearing in these next few episodes are me getting uh, a lot of shit And when I say shit, I mean silence. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, uh, I guess I should wrap this thing up called the Podcast of a Lifetime. And thanks again, guys, for tuning in and listening to This Comics Life, starring your host, me, D. Williams, with the ones and twos I'm talking about. I don't even know. Oh, well. But, uh, yeah, guys, definitely check me out on Facebook and Twitter uh, at The D Stories or This Comics Life or don't forget Instagram, too, because it's all social media and it all needs to be filled with your following nation. And I love your support. And please tell a million friends because I know you guys have a lot more friends than me. I only have you that's listening right now. Anyway, thanks again and tune in next week because it's going to be busy with a lot of more of me and open mic goodness. Thanks again, guys. All right. Peace out. I'm